The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 22nd College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now the Bandito's Fresh Made Daily Kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. In South Bend, the last offseason started improbably with the New Year's Day heroics of Ian Book to Miles Boykin that sealed LSU's fate in the Citrus Bowl by a score of 21-17. Things in South Bend then progressed to staff defections, Mike Elko and Harry Heastand. A quarterback derby in the spring, Brandon Winbush and Ian Book. Two top 10 NFL draft picks, Nelson and McGlinchey. And an August camp full of optimism. And that brings us to the now. Opening day, ND football season, 130. But to tell the story of this year's opening game clash against the Michigan Wolverines requires a rewind to October of 1887, before anyone at Notre Dame had even ever heard of the game of football. That month, a Michigan student by the name of George DeHaven wrote a letter to his brother Paul, who was at Notre Dame, and told him about a new game they had been playing in Ann Arbor called football. Well, one thing led to another, and the next month, the Michigan football team traveled to South Bend taught some Notre Dame students the rules of the new game, and a match was then played, which Michigan won 8-0. A rivalry was born. The schools began playing annually, and Michigan dominated at first, winning nine straight through 1908. In 1909, the Irish broke through with their first ever win. Then, shortly before the 1910 game, like 24 hours before, Michigan head coach Fielding Yost canceled the series. Yost did so supposedly because he disputed the eligibility of two Notre Dame players. Notre Dame says he did it because, well, he was afraid to lose again to Notre Dame. And just for good measure, Yost proceeded to make sure that Notre Dame was not asked to join the then-new Big Ten Conference. A feud ensued and has simmered ever since. Late in his life, Fielding Yost visited the Notre Dame campus and allegedly had a conciliatory conversation with the bronze bust of Newt Rockne located in the Rockne Memorial. Perhaps as a result of this incident, a thaw occurred and two games were played during World War II. But it was not until 1978 that the series really resumed, 68 years after Yost's tantrum. And since then, names like Harry Oliver, The Rocket, Manti Teo, Denard Robinson, Lou Holtz, and Bo Schembechler have been etched on the series. And most recently, another hiatus in the series took place, an especially painful one for Michigan fans. In 2014, Everett Golson threw three touchdown passes, and the Notre Dame defense harassed Michigan quarterback Devin Gardner all game long as the Irish shut the Wolverines out 31-0. The teams haven't played since. This time, Michigan said Notre Dame was chickening out. Brian Kelly responded by inferring that playing Michigan wasn't really that big of a deal anyway. Well, now four years later, the rivalry game that started when two brothers named DeHaven shared a letter 130 years ago is back as the eyes of the football world focus on South Bend, Indiana. And somewhere, Fielding Yost and Newt Rockney just might be smiling. Are you reeling in the Banditos with four Fort Wayne locations, Aboit, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. 
Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, Star Financial, and Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. At Coors, our mountain is creating a more sustainable world. So this summer, we've made it our purpose to repurpose, making tap handles out of recycled aluminum, transforming beer kegs into grills, and even turning billboards into cooler bags. While we do our part, all we ask is you do yours by recycling every can and bottle of Coors Light that you drink, because everyone can make a difference. Coors Light, whatever your mountain, climb on. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. Star Bank is an Indiana-based community bank known for delivering quality service for the past 75 years. Whether you want to visit one of our convenient locations from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday or bank electronically, Star is a full-service financial institution where you can bank wherever you are. Stop by our branch or visit starfinancial.com to switch to Star today. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Well, Tim Priester, season 22 of our show. It's great to talk football with you again. And as you prepare for, I think it'd be season 36 or some thereabouts of covering the Irish yourself, do you feel optimistic about this team? And compare that to maybe how you felt about other teams, particularly the ones that went on to have great seasons in the past. Yeah, for the record, Phil, 37 uh, and counting, hopefully. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I just uh, visited with the Northern Club in Milwaukee, and one of the things that I talked about was that there's a feeling of stability with this program, and a lot of it had to do with the, the, the overhaul, the changes following the 2016 season, which obviously were necessary following a 
four and eight year, but it just there's a there's a better feel to the program, and I think most of that has to do with Brian Kelly and how he has accepted his role with within all this and you know bouncing back from adversity and not freaking out and panicking every time something wrong uh, occurs with the football program. There's there's a more stable feel to the program. I don't know if that necessarily means you know ten or eleven wins this year. But just from the standpoint of this feels like it's on solid ground moving forward, uh, I, I think that they have achieved that. Yeah, you have to feel very optimistic, I think. I mean, it's been a pretty solid year, uh, and we're going to talk about an unexpected injury a little bit later, but mostly we're going to have a lot of healthy people and a great defense and a lot of potential on the offense, and let's get right into that. And I want to start with the defense before we get to what I consider the big story, and that's been the quarterback derby that we've been been watching. Uh, Tim, strength up the middle with this defense I think is is going to be outstanding, and that basically comes down to three guys that could be in the NFL this year, uh, Tillery, Coney, and Tranquil. Talk about strength up the middle and focus a little bit on just how good Tavon Coney is and how well he was playing at the end of last year. Well, it's huge that those guys came back and then throw throw Jonathan Bonner in there, who's uh, you know probably not on the same level as those other three, but has some experience and, and is a guy that can hold the point of attack. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, if you don't have Tillery Coney and Tranquil coming back, uh, you know, we're not we're not sitting around saying the defense is the backbone of this, this twenty eighteen team. So that that that's huge. And, you know, Coney the way he completed the season last year where he was the best football player on the field. He was dominating the game. It's so significant that he is back. And then the move of Drew Tranquil to the inside Pairing him him up with Coney, and I, I don't know I don't know all the the great inside linebacker duos in the country, but I have to think that that group uh, or that duo is is among the top ten, top twelve in the country. Yeah, well, Coney, of course, fifteen tackles against LSU. He ended last season as the leading tackler for Notre Dame, one hundred sixteen total. He only started seven games, so you know high hopes there. But you get, you went to Drew Tranquil, and that's where I I agree. That's where I want to go next. A two time captain. Talk about the leadership, and I know that you've talked to him during the off season and in the last few weeks. Talk about leadership and what he brings to this club beyond his obvious physical attributes. Well, incredible maturity, and I know you know the family a little bit, the father, and it's, so it's no surprise. Great maturity. Um, you know, such an optimistic, forward-looking, positive-thinking human being. Uh, recently got married, so that adds to his joy. Got married this this summer in July. So yeah, just a you know, I, I've I say thirty-seven years. I've I've had the opportunity to be around an incredible amount of great kids and leaders. And as soon as I say that, I think of basketball and think of Pat Connaughton, who's one of the great leaders uh, as well. But Football-wise, Drew Tranquil certainly fits into that category. Uh, it's huge that he's back for a fifth year. I don't think any of us, you know, really expected him to to come back for a fifth year with the the two previous ACL injuries. So, absolutely huge for Notre Dame. Great kid to be around, and something that even us adults can can learn a little bit from in a conversation with him. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and he seems to have meshed really well with his new defensive coordinator, Clark Lee. Uh, Tim, let's move to the back end of the defense, and I'm talking about what could be one of the better, if not the best, corner combos in the country, Julian Love and Troy Pride. I am really fired up by what I've seen there, particularly in what we saw out of Troy Pride in in the spring. We knew what Julian Love could do. He's going to be a three-year starter, and he had a great season. Talk about that combination. Yeah, an incredible, really an incredible season by Julian Love last year with a, with a total of 43 combined passes broken up slash passes defense. I mean, just an unheard of number, just completely blowing the Notre Dame record off the chart. But then you see Troy Pride, and, I, and he, he started to come on at the end of last year, got in the starting lineup in November. What he started doing in the spring really jumped out at us. He is physically more impressive, more capable than Troy Pride. In other words, faster 40 time, uh, even faster out of his breaks than Julian Love. Now, that doesn't make him a better corner, but he's certainly trending in the very good to great uh, direction at cornerback. And so when you when you pair him up with Julian Love, it's an outstanding duo. But as I can imagine you're going to say next, unfortunately the, the third member of that group uh, is going to be out for the season. Yeah, and that and that's absolutely true. We're talking about Sean Crawford, and uh, we'll we'll go into more detail of that in the second segment. But that's a big loss, and uh, the Irish are going to have to figure out who's going to play that nickel position. But let's talk about now about the defensive line. Mike Elston's really high on this group. He thinks they could be better than the 2012 team. Well, but statistically better is is what we were talking about specifically. I don't think that they have a Stefan to it. Uh, somebody, uh, somebody of that magnitude, but statistically, and I and I did a follow up story when you start looking at the statistics. You know, um, in in terms of quarterback pressures, uh, in, in terms of tackles for loss, last year's team was quite a bit better than uh, the 2012 defensive front in terms of you know those kind of numbers. Uh, but sacks is the the next area. And Mike Elston feels very confident that that's going to come. And I, and I get it because they're deep at defensive end. You're able to move Jerry Tillery to a, to a three technique, which loosens him up a little bit more. And he was starting to get really productive for pursuing the quarterback last year. And then when you get into passing situations, Khaled Kareem will move inside with Tillery and you can pair up Dalen Hayes and, and uh, Julian O'Quara on the outside. So plenty of reason to be optimistic in addition to I think Drew Tranquil is going to be a guy that's going to be effective blitzing up the middle as well. Yeah, a pass rush is only going to make those corners better, and they're pretty good to begin with. Uh, and then, then there's the safety position. That has been a real problem for Notre Dame the last few years. And I want you to focus on one guy that I'm really excited to see, and that's Aloe Gilman, a transfer from Navy, been with the team for a year, and now he can finally play. Yeah, they they tried to get him eligible last year, and the NCAA denied it. But the flip side of that is, and now you have three years with him. So there's no doubt, once he got on the field in the spring, he was placed in the starting lineup. He's not a guy that's necessarily going to be you know, really, really explosive, which is why he went, I guess you could say, why he went to the Naval Academy in the first place. But great instincts, understands the defense, has that ability to be in the right place at the right time. So he's in the starting lineup. And then the other exciting thing is that Nick Coleman, who started 13 games last year, looked like he was going to lose his starting spot. He wasn't getting a ton of reps in the 
in the spring and even when fall camp opened, he was not going to be a starter or it didn't appear to be. He just flat out won the job. So, you know, those two guys and then now your backup, Devin Studstill and Jalen Elliott have combined for 22 starts in their career. So, you know, you, your backups are, are solid as well, along with a freshman, Houston Griffith. Yeah, so lots of high hopes on the defense, and they can be very good this year. No reason to believe that uh, that progress we saw last year isn't going to continue. But now we move to the offensive side of the ball, and there's question marks there at, at really at every level. And let's start with the, the big offseason story, at least the big one in my mind, and that's the quarterback position. Uh, Tim, Brandon Wimbush was electrifying for a lot of last year, but he struggled with short passes, and frankly, I thought he played badly in a lot of November, and he had to be pulled from the Citrus Bowl. Every Notre Dame fan knows this story. Ian Book then comes in uh, and played pretty darn well. In fact, he was the hero, along with Miles Boykin, of the Citrus Bowl. Is Brandon Wimbush the guy that you want on the field uh, in the last two minutes of a game when Notre Dame's got to score a touchdown? Yes, they're in the red zone because they scored 75 touchdowns 75% of the time. Absolutely. Uh, in the red zone, predominantly with him. I, I mean, I, I know where you're going with that, but I don't. I, he's too dynamic of an athlete to give up on when, you, when he's played one year as a starter and has two years of eligibility remaining. Uh, but the, the great thing is that if he struggles, you know you have a quarterback that can, that can go out there and lead them to victory. Ian Book did it against North Carolina as a starter, and he, obviously he did it against LSU in a Citrus Bowl. So I think it's a good situation. I really think what Brian Kelly said about the quarterbacks a couple weeks ago was a little bit misconstrued. They're not going to, they're not going to alternate them. They're not going into the the game thinking that it's going to be a job share situation. But I think Notre Dame fans should be excited to know that, you know, whereas last year, uh, you know, predominantly if Brandon Wimbush struggled, they were going to stay with Brandon Wimbush. Well, now if you're struggling and it's a close game, um, you know, you, you feel pretty good about putting Ian Big Book in and, and, and him going out and winning the game. So I think it's a, I don't think it's necessarily a bad situation. I know, you know, playing two quarterbacks rarely works. It's not like, uh, you know, your starting point guard and bringing in your backup point guard and then being able to alter the you know, football is a different animal, and it doesn't quite work that way. But I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad situation. And you know, we've seen many many times before young quarterbacks struggle. Uh, but the more they play, the better they get, and hopefully that works with Brandon Wimbush. Well, if Brandon Wimbush can get, I think, his passing percentage up from 49% to, let's say, 55%, uh, combined with that defense and a lot of other weapons, hopefully on that offense, he's going to be just fine, and Irish fans are going to be real happy to have him. And they're also going to be happy to know that there's a solid, solid player that can win as his backup. All right, moving to the offensive line, Tim you got to replace two guys who go in the top ten in the NFL draft. How has Notre Dame rebuilt this line? Well, you can't you can't overestimate how good Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson were. I mean, they were just absolutely spectacular, and then the NFL draft proved it by them being you know number six and number nine picks in the draft. So I I've been doing this too long to you know to just say oh well you know Hainsey and Kramer split playing time so it's like having four starters returning it's not quite and even if you did have four starters returning you know one guy can screw up the, the chemistry of it so I think it's going to be I think it's going to be difficult I know it's going to be difficult in the first game against Michigan's defensive front but having said that 
you know, I like a lot of the things that Jeff Quinn has done. Jeff Quinn is a very enthusiastic, optimistic guy out there. He's he's infused. Like a guy like Liam Eikenberg, who's in the starting lineup for the first time at left tackle, he couldn't play for Harry Heastan. He couldn't handle the coaching style of Harry Heastan, which could be very harsh at times. So, uh, at least in that respect, Liam Eikenberg's a much better football player now under Jeff Quinn than he was under Harry Heastan, plus he's a year older. So, it's coming along. I just, I just don't, the chemistry of an offensive line can take half a year for it to come around. I think Sam Mustafer will be the standout there. Uh, I like Robert Hainsey at right tackle a lot. I think Alex Bars, I saw him listed as a second team preseason All American and left guard. I think that's overrating him, but it's also a guy with a ton of experience, so he could take a big step up. And then Tommy Kramer is a big, huge kid at right guard. So there are components there. And then Josh Lug would be the sixth uh, uh, offensive lineman at guard, can also play tackle, and they're really high on him. So there's a lot of potential there, but chemistry is hard to develop on an offensive line especially when you're opening against Michigan. Yeah, that's a tough start. Uh, a lot of potential on that offensive line. Clearly a lot of uh, you know four-star talent. So no reason to think they can't be good, but being as good as last year, a tall order. Quickly, Tim, offensive uh, running back situation. You lose Josh Adams. Dexter Williams apparently out for the first four games, but we won't know for sure. Tony Jones, Avery Davis, Jafar Armstrong. What do you like? I really like Jafar Armstrong's long-term potential, and then having interviewed him, I like him even more because he's a very mature kid, or at least he represented himself that way. Um, Tony Jones is, the, I guess, the secure choice because he's a lifelong running back. But he had injuries last year, and I don't really think that Chip Long is sold on him. And then Avery Davis, the former quarterback, and of course, getting back to Armstrong, he's the former receiver. So very inexperienced there. Behind you know behind those three, if you don't have Dexter Williams for the first four games, and we're pretty sure that that will prove to be the case, as it was with Kevin Stefferson last year, you, know, you have a couple of freshmen who've been a little bit banged up and, and I'm not sure are ready to emerge. Maybe Sebo Flemister, one of those two freshmen, steps up over the course of time. Uh, but it's, it's, it's very uncertain. I think long-term, the guy to really keep an eye on, somebody that I was really high on seeing in the spring is Jafar Armstrong. Yeah, you and I agreed on that point. And then at the wide receiver position, uh, Equiminius St. Brown gone, Kevin Stepherson gone. But the Irish have some players coming back, uh, and they're big players. And I talk big in the terms of stature. Uh, they can put Chase Claypool, Miles Boykin, and throw in an Alize Mack or a Cole Komet. And what do you think of this receiving core? I am much more optimistic about the receiving core than when the spring ended or heading into the summer. I think Miles Boykin has grown up and is the leader of that group, and nobody has grown up perhaps more on the team than Chase Claypool. His skill set is phenomenal. He just wasn't a real you know, mature kid coming into, look, major college football in Notre Dame isn't easy, and not everybody can handle it maturely right away. But he seems to have really grown up. So if you have Boykin and Claypool maximizing their ability, uh, both with two years of eligibility heading into the season, I think those two can be dynamic, and if you can get Brandon Wimbush to throw it in the area code to either one of those two guys, they can make plays. Also, Chris Fink, a guy that will line up in the slot that I think has gotten a lot stronger. I think he can kind of go under the radar as defenses are game planning for Boykin and Claypool. 
I think Fink can do some damage in the tight ends. Have a, have the potential to be very good, and I really think, you know, as we watch the tight ends, I think the upside for Cole Komet is very very high. Just don't know about the consistency of Elise Mack, uh, but obviously he's very skilled. If you can get Mack and Komet maximizing their their skill set uh, combined with those wideouts, I think you got a pretty good receiving core. Yeah, it should be a lot of inviting targets for Brandon Woodbush. All right, Tim, one quick hit before we end up the segment. Uh, prediction time. How many wins do the Irish get this season? I would say anything less than nine would be a huge disappointment. Now, I know Notre Dame fans want more than nine, but I'm I'm saying that based upon uh, talent, experience, coaching, opponents, when they play their opponents. I would like to think nine is a minimum uh, with an upside of, of ten. I think 11 might be a stretch with all the issues that we just spoke about on offense. Yeah, it's a tricky schedule, especially when the Irish get into November. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous blue and gold prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Star Financial. This is the 311th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom If it shine a little light into my room All I want is some sunshine, sunshine Shining through these windows of mine And I want it to be easy, easy Bushies. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushies. Your clear choice is Bushies. Listen to that crowd roar. Art, the Aspen Mortgage team has just hit the field and the crowd has gone crazy. Phil, why does this crowd love Aspen so much? Well, Art, with more than 20 years in the mortgage business, Aspen is a dynasty. And with all that experience, these crafty veterans can personalize a mortgage for each customer's financial situation. So you always get the best loan program and interest rate. And the Aspen Mortgage Team plays with a lot of class. What do you mean? Well, friendly personal service you can trust. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. And Art, they'll go into overtime by working the weekends. And they aren't afraid to go on the road. They make house calls. Phil, I can see why the Aspen Mortgage Team is so popular. Wait, what's the crowd chanting now? Art, it's the Aspen phone number. For all your mortgage needs, 486-LOAN is the number to remember. Or visit them on the web at aspenmortgageco.com. Aspen Mortgage, a proud supporter of Notre Dame football. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by Star Bank. 
With over 40 Indiana locations, Star is your local full-service bank. Notre Dame's 31-0 shutout of Michigan in their last meeting was the first time Michigan had been shut out in 365 games. Star Bank is celebrating its 75th anniversary and is here to serve you 7-7 Monday through Saturday. Visit a Star branch to switch to Star today. Member FDIC. At Coors, our mountain is creating a more sustainable world. So this summer we've made it our purpose to repurpose. Making tap handles out of recycled aluminum. Transforming beer kegs into grills. And even turning billboards into cooler bags. While we do our part, all we ask is you do yours. By recycling every can and bottle of Coors Light that you drink. Because everyone can make a difference. Coors Light. Whatever your mountain. Climb on. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. Selling or buying a house? In the real estate game, it's results that matter, and in Fort Wayne, Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley has built a reputation as a realtor you can trust to achieve the best results, and he'll do it with a friendly personal touch. So put Dan's years of experience to work. Call Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley at 312-1479 or visit him on the web at danschneiderhomes.com. That's Dan Schneider at 312-1479. Your call for real estate results. At Star Bank, we offer checking, savings, mortgage, small business, commercial banking, private banking, and wealth management, as well as insurance products to help Hoosiers reach their financial goals. Plus, with online banking and our mobile banking app, you can enjoy the convenience of banking wherever you are. Stop by a Star branch today to switch to Star. Member FDIC. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview. Number 14 Michigan visits the number 11 Irish to open the season. TV coverage on NBC starts at 7.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chriscraft, Mastercraft, Vanquish Runabouts, and J.C. Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And today we start a series on the all-time Irish heroes who played quarterback for Notre Dame during the last 60 years. And we start with a one-year starter who came from nowhere to win the Heisman Trophy and to lead the Irish within an eyelash of the 1964 National Championship in Era Parsegian's first season. Tim John Hewitt, during his first three years at Notre Dame, Hewitt had played a grand total of 50 minutes for the Irish and then Era Parsegian came to town. Before spring practice started, Hewitt and Jack Snow, a seldom-used wide receiver, met with their new head coach, who told them that they were the best quarterback-wide receiver combination on campus. Hewitt went on to pass for over 2,000 yards and 16 touchdowns, while the Irish went 9-1. and In the Heisman voting that year, Hewitt beat out such great players as Gail Sayers and Dick Butkus and his own teammate, Jack Snow, who finished fifth in the voting. Tim, John Hewitt was the right man at the right time. Well, there's no doubt about that, and I think John Hewitt would say that Air Parsegian was the right man at the right time. And he's not the only one. I mean, didn't uh, Jack Snow, I think he had a background as a running back. Guys like Pete Duranko, when they had the elephant backfield, they ended up moving him to the defensive front, and he played outstanding there. So, yeah, no doubt, Air Parsegian came in and shook things up, and John Hewitt and Jack Snow were huge beneficiaries in a great combination, passing and throwing, or uh, passing and catching. Yeah, Hewitt then went on and was signed by the New York Jets of the AFL and was beat out as a starter in his first season by another rookie. That player's name was Joe Namath. 
John Hewart, another Marina at Lake Gage, all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. Tim Michigan comes off an 8-5 2017 season. Their last game was a 26-19 loss to South Carolina in the Outback Bowl. They returned 17 starters from a team, including nine on defense, that was third nationally in total defense and number one in passing defense allowed and in tackles for loss. Key players on that side of the ball will include Rashawn Gary and Chase Winovich, and they are a pair of defensive ends who combined for 14 sacks and 13 quarterback hurries last year. Junior middle linebacker Devin Bush is a preseason All-American, and junior cornerback Lavert Hill again will lead a secondary that returns 100% intact. Man, can you say Georgia 2017? Offensively, things are not quite as settled in Ann Arbor. They picked up transfer quarterback Shea Patterson from Mississippi in the offseason. Patterson last year was a 64% passer with 11 TDs and four interceptions in the seven games he played before injury ended his season. Tailback Karan Higdon rushed for a 6.1 yard per carry average last year. He should be option one running the ball. And in the passing game, they were dealt a blow when wide receiver Tariq Black last week broke his foot and is out for the season. But look for sophomore Donovan Peoples-Jones to be the go-to guy down the field. The offensive line returns three starters, and as a new coach and former Ohio State offensive coordinator and Notre Dame assistant, Ed Warner. Tim, overall, a lot of optimism in Ann Arbor. They arguably have the best returning defense in the country, and with the addition of Shea Patterson, they have the look of a legit quarterback. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? I think which defensive line has more success against the opposing offensive line. Now, on paper, you know, I think most people would say, well, that would be Michigan because they're, you know, I say defensive line, but I mean the entire defensive front. But Michigan has some issues uh, up front on the offensive line. They allowed 34, excuse me, 30 sacks, 36 sacks last year. So, you know, they, in the five games that they lost, they couldn't run the football at all. They beefed up in the eight games that they won against pretty inferior competition. So I'm going to say which defensive line can have the better overall success against the opposing offensive line. I'm not sure which one that is, but I think Notre Dame has a chance to be that, that dominant defensive line because of the problems Michigan has. Okay, play by the defensive line. Which of the two teams can get the better play out of their defensive line? And that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, considering all the strengths of this Michigan team, who do you say is the Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish this week? Well, we could probably say Brandon Wimbush every week until he establishes himself as a, as a passer, but I'm going to go with Liam Eikenberg, first-time starter at left tackle. He has a tall order, along with Robert Haynes, the other, the other offensive tackle on the right side, but he has some experience. Those two guys are going to have to go against Rashawn Gary and Chase Vinovich, and those guys can really get after it. Eikenberg, however, is the first-time starter, and there's a lot of pressure on him going into this game, but he's been very, very impressive in the preseason. Eichenberg uh, picking up the, the slack left in that line by uh, one Mike McGlinchey, a tall order. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And now the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. 
your choice for physical therapy now with 17 Northern Indiana locations. Uh, Tim, how did the Irish come through the preseason health-wise? And until just a few hours ago, I thought the answer was going to be a real short one. Yeah, well, Robert Hainsey was a guy that was banged up for a couple of weeks, but he's had a good 10 days to two weeks, I think, to round back into shape. And so I don't think, I think we on the outside will know for sure where he is until he gets in the game. But I think he should be good to go. And, of course, Sean Crawford, who, who uh, tore an ACL, he's now had two, uh, two torn ACLs and an Achilles injury. So really significant. It really impacts Notre Dame's, uh, you know, nickel and dime packages. They loved Crawford in the nickel situation where he can defend guys going right or left in the middle of the field. So that's a really significant blow uh, for Notre Dame. But Tariq Black on the other side is a, a big blow for Michigan as well. No doubt. And it's now time for the world-famous Blue and Gold Prediction, brought to you by our friends at full-service accounting firm Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba. Tim Priester, Vegas has the Irish favored by one point, a, a line that has kind of bounced around a bit. What does America's foremost authority say? Yeah, that, that line has really concerned me from the very beginning because Michigan had, had become the favorite at, at one point. And, you know, when you see big money influencing the line, uh, I think you have to take notice. You know, it's a great matchup. I mean, it, it harkens back to the, the Holtz versus Schembechler era when they frequently would open the season with one another. It's a pretty good matchup with Jim Harbaugh against Brian Kelly, but uh, I think low scoring. I think more more than the, the, the point spread, uh, I, I think the over-under is, is surprising me. It's around that 47-48 mark and looks like a much lower scoring game than that. Like this, Phil, this looks like a game that comes down to you know one play in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think it will come down to that. I, I think it's going to be another classic Notre Dame-Michigan battle, I have to go with the team that I think has the better, more established defense, and with that has the veteran defensive coordinator in Don Brown, whereas Notre Dame has Clark Lee, who I think is going to be good, but first game against Michigan will be tough. So I'm favoring Notre Dame, or excuse me, Michigan by a bit here. I have Michigan 24, Notre Dame 20. Michigan 24, Notre Dame 20. Tim, that's your world-famous blue and gold prediction. And, of course, we know where I'm going to go with my prediction. And I say don't bet against the Irish in this game. It's a great matchup, and the advantage should go to the home team. I think it's a field goal battle, but the Irish find a way to hit at least one big play. I'll take the Irish 23, Michigan 16. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.